This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. We are psyched to be here. Luke is with us. Henry is with us. We will hear from them in just a moment. Be sure to subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found. We always appreciate when you rate and review this podcast and also when you comment and like throughout the show as well. And over the next hour, we will do tap drill. We will do unpack this about ties in the NFL. We will do I'm convinced. We want to know what you're convinced of. We've also got the MetaShare moment of the week. Yesterday in the NFL was nuts. You know I'm fired up about Cam Newton being back in Carolina, so we will get into that very quickly here because that's one of the biggest stories in sports, and it's absolutely one of the biggest stories in this office, in this city. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get excited about that for sure. Plus, the, the Patriots, they keep rolling. The Bucks fall. Aaron Rodgers is back. Russell Wilson is back, but the Seahawks lose. Uh, it wasn't so much that they lost to the Packers, but it was the way they lost. That was an interesting one. And then I also root for the Colts. They're back to 500. They're making things interesting in the AFC. And just how about the parity in the NFL? All these teams are still alive in the playoffs, uh, playoff hunt. And then today on the show, we're actually going to do a little peace or panic teams that maybe have lost uh, either this past weekend or a couple in a row. And, and some of those teams started off really well, but are we panicking or, or do we have peace uh, about their chances to, to still be in the mix toward the end of the season? So we'll do all that coming up. Uh, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. My, my wife and I, we, we've been so thankful for MediShare. We've been a member for over five years, and, and MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care. And now I want you to be aware of this as well. And so if you're looking for health care options and it is open enrollment right now, I encourage you to check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And so you can find out all the details about what MediShare has to offer, and you can get a quote and compare it to, to what else you're, you're looking into uh, as far as healthcare options. Uh, but for us, it's been a, a wonderful solution, and, and it just allows uh, Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality to have a, a great option. And so uh, check it out, metashare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Luke, how was your weekend? How are you doing today? Feeling much better about your Cowboys bouncing back in a big way? Oh, my goodness. Talking about an amazing weekend. But first, the most important thing, rock chalk Jayhawk, baby. <laughs> rock chalk. I'm donning the polo. 
I got the headgear. What an amazing win. Was 2016 a fluke beating Texas? No, because we beat them again, baby. So what an amazing weekend. So, wow. Yeah. Well, good good for uh, for them. And, and yeah, with uh, college basketball getting going this past week, uh, a lot, lot going on for, uh, for Kansas for sure. And, and, and my Dukies, uh, from a basketball standpoint, uh, very excited about their season coming up. So, uh, we'll, we'll get into some of that later, uh, as oh, well. Yeah. Huge but, weekend, huge weekend. But, uh, but what about, what, what are you convinced of today? So we're going to keep it with, uh, the clothing realm. Oh. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to keep your hat. You're going to keep your <laughs> Kansas hat on, too. <laughs> so here's the thing. You're, you're going to help me out with this. I was talking to the wife this past weekend. We're discussing Christmas shopping. Ooh. We're discussing. We talked last week. Hey, when the wife loves something, you're wearing that again. It's no question about it. So I'm thinking, what does the wife like and what do I also like? Because that's the dynamic duo. How can I pair those together? And the answer is a quarter zips. I'm convinced. <laughs> is that, that what the, I'm wearing? That's what I'm wearing today. That's right. I'm convinced that the quarter zip is the greatest male garment. It is unbelievable. I feel confident in it. The wife loves it. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. You can have thin ones for a cooler day for not as cool days. You can have thicker ones for cool days. It's just it's just an unbelievable look. So I am so convinced of that today. I well, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, this is my debut, I think, for the kind of the winter version of it here in Charlotte, a little cooler. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all over it. And actually, there are rumblings that for next year's golf tournament, we will have unpacking it quarter zips. Rumblings. So, oh, so there, there are some rumblings. My people talking to your people. We'll see what we can we can work out. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, we're we're repping it today. Feeling good for sure. But let me let me get into what I'm convinced of because it's amazing how quickly a week changes everything. It can sometimes mm-hmm. change life. You get one phone call, life changes, good or bad. In sports, yep. one week changes everything, good or bad. And for the Carolina Panthers last week, the season was over. It was bleak. I was even talking about how. We took Cam Newton for granted. That's yep. what I was talking about on this show last week. Unreal. That we, you know, we didn't know what we had in Cam Newton. And then just a few days later, Cam Newton returns to Charlotte. They reunite. Fans welcome him back with, with open arms. There were a few detractors, as there always is. And then Sunday in Arizona, the top team in the NFC. Hmm. Not only does Carolina come in and get the win. Oh, yeah. The first two plays, Cam Newton dominates, gets into the end zone, runs it, throws it, changes the whole atmosphere, the whole outlook, the whole tone. And so I'm convinced the Panthers are back, Cam is back, and playoffs, here we come. I am all in. I'm on the bandwagon. And if you saw my my quick reaction video last week, uh, I, I shared my thoughts about the signing and, and now that we've seen him out there playing, now, listen, it was limited. I get it. And, and we're, we're getting over overreaction, over, overly excited. But, but, I, but I am convinced that this was the right signing. He absolutely should be starting. And this changes just the, the whole trajectory for this season. With that said, I'm also convinced that the signing of Cam Newton halts the future for Carolina, too. 
because now the Panthers are going to win. I'm not sure it's a Super Bowl team. I don't think the offensive line is a Super Bowl team. So now you're talking squeaking into the playoffs. Maybe if the Bucs fall, you win the division, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not counting on that. I think the Bucs will be fine. I think Brady and, and the boys will figure it out. But now, so the, so the Panthers fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah. Well, but, he, but, but now but the, the, the challenge is now the Panthers won't get as good of a pick. They're not going to be drafted. Not that this year's draft class is necessarily elite either to draft a quarterback, but that's still ultimately what the Panthers need. And I love Cam for the rest of this season I, because when before Cam left, it was all about injuries. He was banged up, and now he looks healthy. And now that he doesn't have to play a full season, which has been difficult for him to do in recent years, that excites me. And so to, to go on a, on a run, to, to actually beat Arizona, then you get some easy matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks. You get Washington and Ron Rivera coming to Charlotte. You can't write this stuff. I'm also convinced that Hollywood, they can't write scripts as good as what sports, as well as good, whatever, as great as, as what we see in sports. Sports are the number one drama, the number one show. Amen. Forget your Netflix shows. Forget your Hallmark shows. Give me the NFL on Sunday. Give me college football on Saturday. Give me the NBA on Tuesday night. Give me college basketball on Wednesday. Come Let's on. Go. Come on. Let's Round go. of applause. Round of applause. There you go. That's right. That that, that take is, is phenomenal. Let me add one more thing to that. I think I, I'm not convinced of this yet. I'm gonna have to do some uh, some some research behind the scenes. I think Matt Rule this whole time has been scheming to turn the Panthers <laughs> into a college team. Oh. It's a college team. He's he's he had success in college. He said, you know what? We're gonna experiment. We're going to go the two-quarterback system. We've got a ferocious defense. We've got a great dynamic player in CMC. It's a college system, and it is exciting. Come on now. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, P.J. Walker actually played very well, brought the team down into, you know, into yeah. the red zone. And, and then you and, got a red zone, a red zone threat in Cam. I mean, what better red zone threat there is a, is an, is a Cam Newton who's locked in? Yes. Unstoppable. There's no I would I would take Cam over any running back, any other quarterback. Now, Tom Brady does great job, you know, the kind of that fourth and one QB sneaks. He yeah. does he does, you know, it's it, he's it's impressive considering he doesn't run much. But Cam at the goal line, there's no one better because there's no one bigger and stronger and faster exactly. than him at the goal line. Now, again, he's been injured in recent years. We'll see how healthy he can be throughout the rest of the season. But this is a fascinating story. Very rarely do we see in sports when a franchise player returns to the team that drafted him, especially yes. after it's a, you know, a questionable breakup, but a challenging breakup, which it was, it was a new regime. They moved on from cam. He wasn't healthy. And so it's like, all right, you're out, you give up on him, And then for him to come back, you know, it's not quite on the level of LeBron coming back to Cleveland, but, but it's in that, that conversation. And I was looking through some, some old, you know, Randy Moss went back to Minnesota, Charles Woodson back to Oakland, you know, those types of things over the years. But but this is as good as it gets. And to, yeah. to start off, even if, I'll, I'll even say this, I'm convinced that the Panthers lose the rest of the way. I'm just thankful we had what we had yesterday. I'm thankful for a couple of days of excitement uh, for this Panther season because it was it was looking bleak and, and Cam has saved the day. So there you go. I had to get that out of the way. That's what I'm convinced of. Uh, if anybody has comments on it, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about it throughout the show. But uh, but that was a that was a big day for us and a, a big few days with the return of number one. Let's go. All right, Henry, let's say hello to you. We'll do tab drill in a little bit. But what are you convinced of on this Monday? 
Well, first off, I'm convinced. I'm not too sure if I can if I can follow that topic with all the <laughs> with all the way that you just got up. And if you if you were on the altar, we'd be giving you the collection plate right about now. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but what I'm convinced of right now, along the lines of what you guys are talking about, literally all hell has broken loose in the NFL. Just when we thought we had the best team in the NFL pegged, they lose. We got the Buccaneers, who we think are still the NFL champs. They lose. We had the Buffalo Bills, who we thought that they were going to be something, and then they don't score a touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We had the Dallas Cowboys, sorry, Luke, that we thought were on top of the world, although that they got their mojo back this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Denver Broncos go into Dallas and whoop on them. So we are we are totally living in a bizarre world. And you're talking about these Fox NFL, ESPN, NBC analysts talking, giving their expert opinion, when in reality, they have no clue, just like anybody else. We have <laughs> no clue what's going on in the NFL. Teams that are winning are losing. Teams are losing are winning. But the one thing that I am convinced of is the fact that the Jets still stink. There you go. That's <laughs> it. As we could, no, they, they, we, we were jumping all on the uh, Mike White bandwagon. Now that yeah. bandwagon has officially ended. That was a tough day. Four interceptions for him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but it's it's the NFL is bizarre world right now, and I'm all I'm all for it. Just like you said, I touch and agree with you, Bryce. The NFL is the greatest drama filled program in all of television. Absolutely. And just last night, you know, people were wondering, oh, what's going to happen to the Chiefs? Like, what's wrong with them? I've said on the show, I thought it was more of kind of the intangible, personal, emotional, what's going on personality wise in the locker room. They got to get that fixed. Something's going on off the field because they still got the talent. And they reminded us last night, hey, we're fine. We're good. We've got to figure it out. And everybody's locked in. Tyree Kill, Kelsey, Williams, Mahomes. Forget about it. And, and, And I did say last week, the Raiders are dumpster fire. So, it's uh, I think I said on the show, I've been believing that and I feel bad for him because I like Derek Carr, but the, the Raiders are done. And that showed last but night, some great fantasy stock in my guy, Hunter Renfro. So that that's the yes. one bright spot. Yes, he's he, I started. <laughs> him that was nice. But uh, all right. Good stuff. I'm convinced. Let us know what you're convinced of. We'll hear from Henry in a little bit for tap drill. We got some fun topics to uh, to tap around a little bit, but we want to get going with unpack this. Each week, we take a a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And today, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh-Detroit game. And and this happens eh, maybe once a year, a couple times a year, every once in a while, as far as ties in the NFL. And it's always fascinating because some of the players don't even know that that's a possibility. Najee Harris yesterday didn't realize that you can actually tie in the NFL, but you can. And, And so we saw it yesterday. Of course, Big Ben was out. Detroit, they, they've been begging for a win. And they, didn't, they at yeah. least didn't lose yesterday, but they tied. Oh. And so, it, go ahead. That game was, that, that was such a tough watch. I, I, I come off, I, I, I'm, I'm just this excited mental state after watching the Cowboys with an, an incredible bounce back win over the Falcons. And then I go to some bonus coverage. Pittsburgh, Detroit. It's a rainy game. Every both teams are finding ways to lose this game. You want it? Uh, no, I don't think we want to win. Here's the ball back. No, nah, I don't think we want to win either. Here's the ball back. It missed field goals, fumbles, and then... Raining, which always adds to it. And then it ends in a tie? 
Oh. Ends in a tie after 10 minutes of overtime. And, you know, in some ways, a, a tie can be positive. Like, maybe it's more positive than a loss, right? And so, at least for the Steelers, you know, they think, hey, we, we did this without Big Ben. We at least didn't lose. We, we, you know, we moved forward. We're still in there with the Ravens. Uh, they're only a game back from the Ravens, or a win behind the Ravens at this point. Ravens have six wins, and, and the Steelers have five. And then for the Lions, you know, they could feel good that they ran the ball well. And DeAndre Swift is a legit running back. Oh, yeah. and so yep. There are some positive takeaways. Season high, 229 total yards rushing for the Lions. But the reality is both of these teams survived the game without a loss, but, but they're still disappointed that they didn't win. And I think Jared Goff sums it up perfectly. He says, I don't know how to feel. It feels better than a loss, but still not where we need to be. It's a step in the right direction, and it's encouraging the way we fought and some of the plays that we were able to make on offense. And so my big takeaway from this is it's this survival, and, and sometimes in the NFL, it is. And we talk about it in college basketball, especially, especially survive in advance. Yeah. But, but what happens is in life, we can also get caught up in this mentality, and it becomes the norm. And, it, and it's basically this neutral way of living where we're not thriving we're not necessarily losing and we're not you know totally out and and that kind of thing but we're just we're just surviving the day we're just ah i made it through another day i just you know i skated by and and let's face it it's just kind of like we're tying in life like we're not really winning we're not really losing we're just kind of blah it's just a tie and and there are seasons that that it's just maybe that's that it's it's better than losing. And, and for me right now, I've got two young daughters and, and many days it feels like we survived the day. And Jody and I, at the end of the day, it's just, you, you catch your breath and you're like, all right, well, we made it. Hmm. It starts over again tomorrow. But, but we have to also continue to challenge ourselves and push us through to say, no, 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 no. How can we, how can we truly thrive? Even in the midst of the most challenging seasons, even in the midst of the most difficult days to actually find you know, the, 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 the thriving winning moments and, and then ultimately finding our uh, hope, identity, peace in Jesus uh, that allows us to be truly satisfied, truly fulfilled and, and truly thriving. And, and th- this topic has been on my mind too, because we had an awesome sermon yesterday and it's a sermon series we're doing right now, Thrive. And so I'm hungry for it. I'm desiring it. I- I've had a year that's been more about survival and it has been about thriving, and I feel like I'm tying in a lot of ways. And, and Luke, I know for you, when it comes to football, you don't like ties. I don't like oh. ties. I don't, if I'm a Lions fan, if I'm a Steelers fan, I still don't Horrendous. like the tie Horrendous. yesterday. It's not, it's not great. And so for us, you know, there's, there's something about a tie that just kind of leaves everyone feeling unsatisfied, just that blah, ugh, what, do you, what do you really make of this? I don't even know how to feel. And, and so – for, for us, we want to experience victory in, in life. And, and we, we wonder, what does that look like? How do you, you kind of win at life? How do you, how do you find victory? And, and the question becomes, are we truly following Jesus? And are we finding our satisfaction in him? And are we finding the abundant life in him? Or are we just stuck? And, and we're, just, we're not really winning, and, and we're, just, we're just surviving each day. The Bible says uh, in Colossians, which I, I think this is a, a great verse, because we can enjoy victory in Jesus each day. 
yeah. that we've already experienced victory because of what he's done on the cross. And we know that our eternity is secure. And so that's where our victory comes from. And then out of that, an, an outpouring of that, the overflowing of that allows us to win each day, to win in the midst of circumstances. And what is a win? A win is hope and peace in the midst of all that. And so in Colossians, it says, and now just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies, their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. For in Christ, there is all of God in a human body. So you have everything when you have Christ and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. Hmm. So when we have vital union with him, that's victory. We have, we, we have, we have all this access to his power to, to his might in us. We walk with God each day. That's victory. That's, that's the, the victorious life that we're chasing after and that we're seeking and wondering about. And so all too often we're settling. We're settling for the tie in life. We're settling just to survive. Yeah, yeah, my marriage is okay. Yeah, my job's fine. Yeah, I mean, eh, yeah, life's okay. And there's something about being content. And, I, and that's another topic. That's a topic for another day, being content which is important and we want it. That's absolutely a, a, a Christ-centered mentality and attitude. But, but I think this, this thriving mentality to truly enjoy all that God has for us on earth in a broken world, you know, there's a lot of things pulling at us that, that make this, this life really hard, but we can thrive in the midst of it. And then ultimately knowing that we're going to thrive for eternity gives us the ability to wake up with enthusiasm and excitement and hope and peace and confidence and joy. So, you can unpack that. I don't want ties. God makes a way for us to win. So let's take advantage of the opportunities to move beyond neutral. And I think that's the other parallel to this too. Yeah. Both teams had opportunities to win yesterday, and they didn't, take, they didn't take advantage of those opportunities. And so they settled for the tie instead. And many, every day we've got opportunities to thrive, to win, but we got to take advantage of what God puts in front of us and what he's made available to us in Christ and in his word. So let's take advantage of it. Yep. Luke, what do you have to add? Yeah, I do like the analogy. Oh, talking about ties just grinds my gears. One, let me just get this off my chest. I don't understand the point of playing overtime if it can still end in a tie. To me, that makes no logical sense. So <laughs> I, 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 part of me wanted to do that for my I'm convinced, but I wanted to glorify quarter zips because I find that very important. So, uh, but yes, team anti-ties either ended at regulation or play overtime and determine a winner. But this is a great conversation about victory. Um, and it's, it, it is, it's a good question to ask, what is victory? Because in life, it's easy to feel like we're losing or, or yeah, we're ending every day in a tie. So, and I think scripture is clear on what victory is. And like you said, victory is union with Christ. And specifically, victory is persevering. Hmm. That Again, I've talked about Revelation before. Revelation, it's easy to get confused about all the signs and symbols in it. But the encouragement in Revelation is to the churches, persevere. 
Do not neglect your first love of Christ. Victory is persevering and remaining in Christ instead of falling back, instead of buying stock in the false teachers that uh, a lot of the books in the New Testament address. Don't buy into the false teachers. Don't buy into the surrounding culture. Persevere. Remain united in Christ. That is victory, even if it results in death. In some sense, Scripture is so encouraging because even death is victory because it means you persevered. Mm. If you die for your faith, that is victory, which is one of the many paradoxes in Scripture. And sometimes that's hard for us to relate to in the United States. Not, not Hardly any people are dying for their faith in America. But there's plenty of ways where we can still persevere. We can persevere through uh, against cultural pressure. We can persevere in so many moments every day and view that as this is victory when I am united with Christ. And that is true victory in life. Uh, and the last thing, so encouraging this past Sunday at church, uh, our pastor was talking about, are you succeeding at the wrong or right things? Because yes. you can succeed in life, but are you succeeding in the right things? And that, that's a real sobering question to ask. We, think, think to ourselves, if our, if our entire goal in the world is this podcast, <laughs> that's succeeding in the wrong thing. Mm. If, it's, if, it over, if it oversteps victory in Christ, like so many things can become idols. Think of and everyone, like analyze your own heart. Am I succeeding in the, in the wrong or right things? Succeeding in the right thing is unity with Christ and persevering. And we can do that every single day, which is also true. Right. We have an opportunity to succeed every single day in the right things. Yeah, because if we if we ride the wave of yeah good or bad days or things going our our way that you know selfishly or good you know just the, on the surface good or bad things, or victory is enjoying and finding satisfaction and fulfillment in Christ each day, and that today I, I put him at at the center. Today he was my priority. Today I grew you know, in my understanding and devotion and, and faith in him. Uh, those are, those are the wins. That, that's how we, that's how we win. Um, and then uh, yesterday's sermon about thriving was, was really about, you know, being others focused and, and not so, you know, it's all about me. As soon as we release that, we're able to thrive as well. But if yeah. we're so driven by, you know, me, 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 selfish, 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 we're never going to thrive. And that's why there's a lot of un- unhappy people. Because and when we have when I'm when I'm unhappy, I'm more worried about ah that didn't go my way, my way. It's my my me, and you know those those types of things. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's an encouragement as well. But uh, all right, so that's the message today. No more ties. Let's win. Let's win. Let's win, Find baby. Victory, victory in Christ, fulfillment, satisfaction in Him. So that's what we uh, that's what we're here at unpacking it. It's all about Jesus. We want to point one another to Him and encourage one another in Him. We also like talking sports. With that in mind, uh, let's let's continue the conversation about uh, the NFL and, and a lot of big games, a lot of big situations that, that took place yesterday. And it is all about the parity. A lot of teams still in the mix, fighting for a playoff spot. All the standings are very tight. There's so many divisions that are really – it's wide open. The AFC West, I mean, I would expect the Chiefs to pull away at this point. I think they, things clicked for them yesterday. But even though the Chargers lost, they're still in the mix. The, the Broncos, 
Uh, they lose to the, the Eagles yesterday, but the week before they beat Dallas. So it, it's hard to know exactly where they're going to be at toward the end of the season. But, but everything's wide open. So, Luke, let's play a little uh, peace or panic. And, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, on some of these teams. If we're, you know, it's kind of are you buying or are you selling? Are you, are you excited? Are you, you down on them? And then we'll get some thoughts from, uh, from the listeners as well. But, uh, but let, let's start with the, the Raiders losing last night, Sunday night. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely on panic mode for them. I, I think that it's going to be a, a tough rest of the way. They just had too many things hit them in the same season. Now John Gruden suing the league, and so they'll have that hanging over their head still. Um, and I think they've got some issues probably on, on defense <laughs> after last night's game too. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll say panic on them. Uh, what about for you? Oh, I, I I think it is time for panic mode. In one sense, I, I can understand the argument. No, no need to panic. The division's still really tight. But if I'm an if I'm a team that's not Kansas City in that division, I'm terrified that the sleeping giant has now is yeah. now awake, which in Kansas City still runs that division. And the Raiders don't have an easy schedule to finish. They still got to play the Chargers. Still got to play Kansas City. They got, I guess, a dangerous Washington team. Uh, they still got the Bengals. They still have the Cowboys. Certain and and the, on top of all of the off the field stuff, certainly time to panic if you're a Raiders fan. Definitely. Yeah, I would say so. the The one interesting team, the Browns. I think everybody's trying to figure out. Okay, we know they have talent. They lose yesterday. They had a big oh. win last week. They're up and down. I still say put in Case Keenum. Case Keenum looks like he might have to because Baker got injured. Oh, quick side note: Baker every week releases a new progressive insurance commercial, and everyone is tremendous. Tremendous. I can't, I can't get enough of them. Yesterday it was the uh, the keys leaving the keys to the kid who's going to take care of the house sitting. I mean, it's just tremendous. So as great as he is on progressive, uh, I just can't. I can't. The the play is not there. So. I'm panicking a little bit for the Browns, but again, that's another division that's so wide open. Any four of those teams could win the division or lose the division. Yep. However, I will say I'm, I'm still at peace with the Chargers. They lost to the Vikings yesterday, but I'm still not out on the Chargers. It's just disappointing. Uh, this year was supposed to be a, a big step in the right direction. And it's, it's almost like they have a good win and then they'll have a loss. And then they'll kind of take a step forward and then a step back. I want to ask you about the Patriots because it's unbelievable. They, coming into the season, low expectations. They might be the team with the most blowout wins. Like what, What's going on? 24-6 against your Panthers. 45-7 over the Browns. 54-13 over the Jets. And then 25-6 over the Jets again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let me save my take on the Patriots after a couple two more three more teams as far as peace or panic. The Seahawks get Russell Wilson back, but at this point they're three and six. Ooh. Really tough division because you still got Arizona, you know, they lost yesterday. If they get Kyler Murray back, they'll be they'll be fine. Um, and then, you know, San Francisco's no easy team. And then of course the Rams. We'll see tonight. We'll see how they play against the 49ers. But uh, the Seahawks, I think there's some panic there as well. It's great to get Russell back, but they they seem to be a little broken this year. And, and then with some of the off-season the off concerns, 
I'm not sure everything clicked uh, for them. And yeah. then I mentioned earlier with the Bucks, I'm not ready to panic uh, on them. They, they've they've no. had some injuries. It's better they have the injuries now than later. Uh, so they'll be fine. However, the Saints have now lost two in a row. I, I think it's panic time for them because Trevor Simeon is not the answer. You know, they, they, they took somewhat of a step back with Drew Brees to, and Jameis Winston, but Winston was actually playing pretty well. So, so I think losing him ended their season, as, and yesterday they didn't have Kamara, so that hurt as well. Yeah. But, uh, but those, that's where I come out on peace or panic. Let, let so, me know, uh, you, Luke, and anybody listening. Yeah, so uh, regarding Seattle, I think it's ultimate panic, and not just for this season. I think you panic that this is the last season Russell Wilson is in Seattle. Yeah. Last season, there was already talks last season about him going to another team. There was there there he was on a different page with the Seahawks organization, and now sitting at three and six in a division. And when when have the Seahawks been clearly the worst, the, the not not the best team in that division? I, there is a new era. And their division. And if I'm Russell Wilson, already having some disagreement with the Seahawks organization, it may be time to leave. So Seahawks fans, I would be panicking for this for the state of my franchise being a winning football team in the next few years. I think it's really time to panic. Yeah. And and you talk about Car- Chris Carson with a neck injury. Yeah, that's a panic yeah. injury. Yes. I, I don't like I don't like that. For a running back, definitely don't like that. So, yeah, there you go. Peace or panic. And as far as some of the winning teams, let's talk, let's talk winning teams. And you mentioned New England. And, I mean, I, I've talked about Mac Jones on this show, but I am I'm so impressed. I mean, he had two throws. He had back-to-back throws yesterday that were unbelievable throws for any yes. quarterback, let alone a rookie quarterback. And he's got it. And I go back to my theory that Bill Belichick – created Tom Brady. He maximized Tom Brady and he's Bill Belichick is still the reason that, that Tom Brady became Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady now gets a lot of respect and and Brady took what he learned and he's been able to replicate it in Tampa Bay. And I love it. And I love Brady. and I love the player that he's become, but it's incredible to watch Belichick do it again with Mac Jones. He took some, you know, some decent talent. He was okay at Alabama. He was fine. He was a good quarterback, good college quarterback. And Belichick saw him and goes, all right, yeah, you come here, fit into my system. I'm going to maximize who you are as a player, and you're going to thrive in this system. And he still doesn't have elite receivers. Uh, Jacoby Myers finally got, like, his first career touchdown. Um, and so, you know, the run game yesterday, we're talking about a rookie running back, third-string running back. That touchdown celebration was pure joy. That was amazing to see. Garbage time touchdown, people running <laughs> off of the sideline to celebrate with him. <laughs> so, so it's so anyway, so, so Mac Jones is the real deal. I, I, I'm not willing to, to bet on a rookie quarterback taking a team to the Super Bowl necessarily, but with New England, hey, we know, we know what Belichick's capable of. It's just hilarious to think about the, the Belichick haters from last season. Oh, where are you guys at? Yeah, those guys, those guys are they're done. So, thank you for playing. Yeah, um, I, I, but, think, I think the biggest I think, in that division. I think also the Patriot in regards to peace or panic. If I'm a premier college quarterback prospect, I'm it's peace. It's panic time for me 
seeing that eh, maybe it's good to be kind of a mid to late first round quarterback like Mac Jones. Yeah. And I get to go to a team that actually has a chance to offer me success. Absolutely. Like, as good, like with a guy, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, oh, high ceiling guys, you got you to gotta take a, a, an early pick on them. But some of these teams taking these high ceiling guys, if I'm a quarterback being drafted that early, I'm panicking. I know. Absolute panicking because there is no guarantee at all that a franchise is going to be able to build around me and offer me a chance to succeed. Whereas Mac Jones, talk about going to play for Belichick. He's got the defense on his – he has a defense that is legit. It's just an amazing situation. The only – I guess the the argument to that is that because of the parity in the NFL, one rookie quarterback or one – great franchise quarterback that you draft can turn around a franchise. Unfortunately, there are a few franchises that just consistently struggle Detroit, Jacksonville, the jets, other than the Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan kind of couple year run that they had years ago, which is so interesting. I was thinking about that yesterday. Uh, I was talking to a buddy, how the NFL is one of the greatest sporting leagues in the world because of the lunch, because of the parody. Yeah, like when yeah. when you have a league where every year there's turnover on who's the better team. Every year, most years, there is a handful of teams that have a legit shot at winning, and it's hard to stay good. And you can become good. How on earth a team like Detroit stays bad? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like how how do how does a team like the Lions in a league where parity is the theme? How how is there an outlier? I don't understand that. I, how how is it that Detroit is so bad all the time? I just don't understand. I, f- I feel it's bad. It's so it's odd. Not, it really is. It's just sad. And now we got Thanksgiving coming up, and oh. I love watching the Lions. Like I, on Thanksgiving, I love the. Tra- I'm a traditionalist, so yes. Well, certainly. I love holiday traditions, and I like that it's Detroit and Dallas, but. I, we're going to see painful. Yes. We're going to see that Stafford saved those Thanksgiving games. <laughs> Stafford was the St- Stafford was the savior for those Thanksgiving games because this year is uh, going to be brutal. Uh, oh. I, actually, I don't even know what the matchup is. Henry, you mind? Cowboy, that it's Cowboys Raiders, I believe, which could okay. be interesting. I forget who the Lions are playing. It's always the, it, when it's like the Lions and the Vikings. That's a tough one. Um, no, thank you on on that. Sorry, Vikings fans. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, the, the Patriots are for real. No question. Um, you know, getting Rogers back yesterday for the, for green Bay, even though that was a low scoring game, that was a weird game until the end. It finally opened up, but I'm a huge AJ Dillon fan. I think he's a really good running back. And finally he got his opportunity, gets into the end zone twice. I'm kicking myself. Cause I wanted him in fantasy this year. I just couldn't get him. But we'll save that for Tuesday's Fantasy Football Fellowship show. But um, the the Packers, they picked up right where they left off with Rodgers. So they continue to 100%. roll with Rodgers. And they're running away in that division. Minnesota, they'll win every once in a while. But they're, I don't see the Vikings fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, technically, they're still in the mix because things are so balanced and there is so much parity. Uh, but I don't consider them a, a real contender by any means so green bay will run away with, with that division and they keep rolling but how about my colts getting back to 500 now they only beat jacksonville but it's more important they're, they're adding the wins they're getting yep. things turned around Wentz actually didn't play great yesterday uh he still 
he's probably thinking about it. he's about to have a baby. Um, so that's that's tough. But uh, then they're indu- they're inducing handle. labor so that he can play next week. I oh, think he's on record that? saying I will be playing. Another inducing labor today, I believe. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! But how does he handle the the sleepless nights? And then you gotta go play a football game. I had a tough enough time with the sleepless nights, oh. Joe. I'm still dealing with it three months in, but um, actually I had a decent sleep last night. I can't, I can't complain. Uh, but then the other thing, the Titans keep on rolling and it's, they're the one of the, they're one of the teams where I'm not sure how they're doing it. I, I can't, I can't figure out why mm. the Titans are so good, but they are. Vrabel has them, them just rolling. Like they just do enough on offense and defense. Like I don't think either side of the ball is elite. I know, but, but they, they find ways to win. I'm not sure that that's the, 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 the formula to win a Super Bowl, but it is to get into the playoffs and, and yeah. to, to most likely win that division and to keep playing this well without Henry. It's it's interesting because Derek Henry. We still so, have yeah, Henry here. That's right. Yeah. So it's so weird. So many people throw out the oh, they're just really tough. And other most times it's like, okay, what does that even mean? But in the case of the Titans, how else can you describe them besides they're just tough? They just get it done. And how about this? They have the ease percentage-wise in regards to uh, the records of the teams they have left. They have the easiest schedule in the rest out of all the NFL the rest of the season. Leading up to this point, maybe the hardest schedule. They have some huge wins, and now they almost get to. I, I, I don't want to say coast, but they have the 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 most difficult schedule already in the rearview mirror. If somehow Derrick Henry is able to come back, oh yeah, I don't know. But what they're eight and two now, they're favorite for the number one seed. And they had it's the weird loss to the Jets. Yeah, which again goes back to the goes back to I don't know if parody is the right word, but in most if, unless you're Detroit, you can win a couple games, and that's just the greatness of the NFL. All right, well then we got to talk about your Cowboys because Atlanta, you know, there they are winning last week against New Orleans. Yeah, they they let's see lose to the Panthers. They won like three out of their last four, I believe. Yeah, so they've been winning. I mean, it's just yeah, it's they've they've had a weird season. Some tight ones they've lost. Some tight ones they've went they've won. I still haven't seen the talent in Atlanta, um, but then they show up to Dallas and their former head coach just has his way with them. So shout oh. out to Dan Quinn. Yeah, he got what a game a, ball. We want to talk peace or panic. Complete peace for the for the Cowboys to go Feeling out. Good. Uh, that defensive outing, the Dan Quinn return game, the Cowboys are missing their two pass rushers. There's no pass rushers. It's unbelievable. So that was that was encouraging to see a huge bounce back win there. So I'm excited about the Cowboys. I haven't felt this way about the Cowboys, I guess, since 2016. Dex Dex rookie year when that was that was a good chance to win. The key question is can the Cowboys do it again next year? Because the NFC East hasn't had back-to-back winners in <laughs> like in eternity, which is so interesting. Well, the, the Eagles and Washington won yesterday. So yeah. the Cowboys aren't necessarily running away with it, but both those teams seem to be further behind talent-wise, having it all together. Yeah. Um, now Chase Young out for Washington. Oh, disappointing. It's a big blow. Yeah, and there so, were some uh, big, big losses. Robert Woods goes down with an ACL, Chase Young. It's been the year of the ACLs, like all the preseason injuries. And now this past week, oh, so disappointing. So I've got a big predicament to talk about the uh, 
Robert Woods and the Rams. So tonight, big Monday Night Football game. You know, division game. 49ers, they, they need they need this. They need this. Oh, they my need goodness. Big time. But the Rams, they're coming off a loss. They were you know, somewhat embarrassed on yeah. Sunday Night Football a week ago. Now they get another chance on, on Monday Night Football. So, you know, we had my, my daughter. Tomorrow will be three months. Uh, and wow. so I really haven't gone. I haven't gone out to watch games. I've turned down tickets to go to games, multiple games. It's very upsetting. I haven't been to a game because I've been, you know, I've been in family mode, helping my wife. You know, yeah. she's she's more so in the trenches than I am for sure. Uh, but I joined a Monday night football group at church. Okay, so they go out on Monday night football, you know, watch the game, talk faith and life. But I haven't been. I, I haven't been the entire season. So I joined the group and never went which is not a great thing to do. Mm. Uh, but I had high hopes of being able to, to make it at some point. So tonight, it seems like it's the night. I'm going to leave the house and, and go hang out with some buddies from church. Bryce, after them, hours, I come on. I don't think I've met them. So uh, meet, meet the guys <laughs> for the first time. It'll be hilarious and fun and great. But here's the big dilemma. That means I'm leaving the Manning brothers behind. I'm going to be mm. going to hang out. So now, like real-life friends – or my pretend friends, the Manning brothers, <laughs> who I've really gotten to know and really appreciate That's over right. the last, you know, however many games <laughs> they've done now. So what am I going to miss tonight? It's very, oh. it's very upsetting. Yeah. Well, Man. I got to go. I, I got to leave them behind. I, I guess I'll catch up on anything I miss later. It's a big step for you. Hey, you got YouTube TV. It's it's recorded. Yeah. You, you'll yeah. do the normal 6 a.m. wake up straight to YouTube TV and catch, <laughs> catch up with your pals, the Manning brothers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Mannings will be on the TV there, but it's hard to listen to them. And I mean, I'm I'm usually locked in, locked into those guys uh, on a normal Monday that they're yeah. doing the games. But I'm glad they're uh, they're back on it. All right, before we bring on Henry and we'll wrap up with um, tap drill, I also want to do the MetaShare moment of the week. Uh, but I did have this. Speaking of church, so yesterday after the service, I like to hang you know hang around in the in the sanctuary whatever we call it the auditorium these days sanctuary is like old school but um, i'm old school i'm a traditionalist um it's an auditorium it's a the church is a converted car dealership so it's unbelievable um but but anyway so i'm hanging out and this is the the big life quandary is is what happens when someone makes a reference that you don't understand or they make a joke that you don't understand how do you respond? Mm. So, so I'm standing there. A guy walks by, and he makes this joke to me. Totally went over my head. I knew who the guy was, but I, I, I did not get the joke. Yeah. And so he walks by. He's like, yeah, you know, just like just like Bob Newhart, <laughs> right? And I, Bob, Bob, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you got it. You know, I gave him one of those. Yeah, you got yeah, it. The yeah, point. the point. The point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, but he stood there like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. No, you don't. And it was he—he he clearly knew that I didn't know what he was talking wow. about. But then he was just like he kind of gave up. But then he, but he like paused and looked at me and gave me this kind of awkward stare down. And I had no response. I froze. I had no response oh. because I felt bad. I didn't know the joke. I felt bad for him for telling me a joke that I didn't know. <laughs> and so, who's at fault here? Is it—is it the guy that throws out the reference that? Clearly, I'm going to miss if it's if it's too, you know, mm. got to know your audience a little bit on the joke. <laughs> but then true. it's my fault for not responding or not having a convincing enough response to keep the conversation going. The conversation halted yeah. with the awkwardness. It was over. 
And then it was kind of like, hey, yeah, we, we whiffed here. See you later. Like, <laughs> don't even continue. Like I'm, so like, I'm cringing. This is like nails on a chalkboard listening to this story. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, can you imagine if, if someone was next to you just observing this interaction? He, he gets the confident one-liner to you. You yep. go the exaggerated, I don't know what this is, so I need to make sure he thinks that I know. Yeah. I go with the point. The point. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got it, man. So you got it for sure. Bring, oh you, yeah, for sure. You don't, you don't, it, it was, he didn't blatantly say, you don't know what, but he like gave me the look like, you, you like, he almost like said the joke again. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, so here's the thing. You, I think this is, this could be more of a case if you got to know your audience, because if some one liners, I don't know, it's tough. I, I think I've, I've come to understand if you're going to say a joke that, Ah, maybe real specific. Not many people get it. You got it. You got to preface it. Hey, have you heard of this before? And then you go into your joke, which makes the delivery worse. That's tough too. It makes it worse, but you, you avoid the, we're all pretending like we know what's going on here, which is the, which is the worst outcome possible. Or (laughs) I've, I've also tried to, as hard as it is, I've tried to adopt when I don't get a reference can I just say, no, I actually don't know that, which is so hard in the moment oh. when, especially in a group setting, someone goes, oh yeah, you know, like that. Everyone's no, laughing. No, I don't. Everyone's no, I don't. laughing. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Then you're oh. the worst. Yeah. You're maybe there the is, just, maybe there is just no positive outcome here. It's just, you, it's you just kind of just pick your poison. You got to pick your poison. You know, we talked about ties earlier. This wasn't a tie. This was a loss. Definitely this was a loss. clear clear loss and we go you know you got to go back to the game film and kind of i got to evaluate my own performance in this situation and then i i have something to blame there i i you know i stayed in my seat maybe i should have walked toward him to kind of squelch the awkwardness in some way but i just kind of stood there kind of nodding my head oh was it was it a long distance were you guys like long distance no it was the shout joke across the room shout joke with then kind of the lingering the lingering eye contact with oh. nothing left to say. There was no <laughs> communication. We're still kind of looking at each other going, can we salvage this conversation? Oh. Or are we going to pretend like this never happened and try again next Sunday? Gosh. But now what happens next Sunday? Is this now an avoidable interaction? Or, or do I have to come in hot next week to try to redeem the conversation? That's, it, that's a The part. more details that, that come up to the surface here, the worse it gets. Oh, the across the room. That's just a whole nother level of, and, of cringe. And I felt I could see the disappointment on his face, too. Oh. And that was hard to see that. Because he, well, he, th- he thought he was hitting a home run. This is yeah. an absolute home run. And it, I mean, you robbed it. You robbed I, it at the wall. Yeah. Goodness. I was tired. I, I had the turkey bowl the day before and I was I was worn out. And so I just I wasn't on my A game. You know, it was, I, I made it to church, and, you know, it was one of those things. I was, I was surviving. I wasn't thriving. That's right. You were hoping for a tie. Yeah. You were hoping for a tie. A tough, that was a tough one. But, oh. actually, spe- speaking of the Charlotte Turkey Bowl, so this took place Saturday. This is one of our, our events here at Unpacking It. For Many people listen all over the country. don't get to participate in some of our local events, but we do some fun stuff here locally. So, uh, the Charlotte Turkey Bowl, this is our seventh annual. We partner with two other ministries, and this year we had 28 teams come and compete for Amazing. And so, you know, it happens uh, two Saturdays before Thanksgiving. We had a beautiful day. It was tremendous. 
and I gave a, a morning devotional. We did sports trivia during halftime, and then guys compete flag football all day long. But guess what? Normally, these are you know average Joes that I used to play in this tournament, so very average Joes, below average Joes. Um, but but you know, guys play. You can't play in a quarter zip. You can't do it. Um, as, as hard as I tried, it's hard to do. As long as we don't overcorrect and go to the the tank top with no sleeves, I, I get. I it's got to double down on a previous take. That's just off limits for grown men. Gotta yeah, go. Sure under, gotta have an undershirt. Gotta have some. May have, been, may have been some of that at the Turkey Bowl, but but anyway. So it's a, a wide range of talent. We have ages kind of from high school. We had some over sixty year old players. So wow. that was kind of the, the makeup of players. But all of a sudden, I'm in the bathroom. And I look over and I go, that's a former Panther. I know who that is. At first, I didn't know who it was. And then I, it hit me and I'm like, wait a second. I know who that is. And then I th- think to myself, oh, he's probably here. He's probably watching someone play soccer or something. And because there's, there's soccer fields at the where we play flag football. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, I walk over to the to the fields where our tournaments taking place and teams are warming up. And all of a sudden, I look over. It's Steve Smith, former Carolina Panther no receiver playing in the Charlotte Turkey Bowl. Are you serious? And, and it was uh, it was surreal because you know growing up, he's one of my favorite players. I always talk about Jake DeLome and Steve Smith, legend, guy. legend, one of the better receivers that have, has ever played in the NFL. And here he is playing. And and here was the key: he wanted to be one of the guys. He wasn't there to be. Hey, Steve Smith's here. He just wanted to be one of the guys. And so he played. He was on a team. He played quarterback. He had some sick plays as a wide receiver. You better believe it. Yeah. Um, but but he, you know, we're talking about Cam returning to the to the Panthers. Well, Steve Smith returned to the football field. He was <laughs> he back, was back on the on gridiron. The Hadn't played in four years, apparently, and he made his return on our on our field. So it was cool. It was cool to see him and, and cool to have him a part of it. So it was, did, it was did their team win? Was he on a team that did not has win. played in years past? They, yep. They had the 62-year-old. So this wow. was an older team. This this was, but they played well. They I think they lost the championship. He didn't he didn't play the whole day. He played in the morning games, but uh, but it was it was a a shocker to say the least. Can you imagine? Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden yeah. these average Joes. You're you imagine you show up. You're in your mid forties. I'm enjoying the day with the guys. I'm trying to play some flag football. I'm out here. We're doing some sports, some faith. You're not expecting. To go man on man to man coverage guarding a former NFL wide receiver. I mean, as cool as that would be, we're not showing up to get embarrassed. What yeah. what a like really cool but also horrendous outcome if I have to line up against an NFL veteran. Yeah. It's unreal. Oh, it's hilarious. So there was this play. I'm 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 watching basically <laughs> from the end zone, and all of a sudden my uh neighbor who who put together a team. He looks back and he go and, and you know one of the players just made this sick play and he looks back and he's like, well, "What is this? Is this Steve Smith?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's Steve Smith." <laughs> and it's like, "Wait, are you wait are you kidding me? Are you serious?" Yeah, Steve Smith just burned you. So, uh, <laughs> so it's shocking for the players. They're in the middle of the game and all of a sudden they got a guy blind, you know, blowing past them. Yeah, and uh, come to find out, yeah, sure enough, that's that that's who that is. So Do people funny. like crowd around him all day or is he able to just kind of do his own thing? That was part of the tricky part. It, or that was the tricky part. You got to, you know, give him space. Just let him be, the, just be one of the guys. He was there to be one of the guys, but you but didn't know he was understands that. Yeah, no, I, I had no heads up. Wow. How cool is that? So, 
yeah, it was it was something else. Wow. That's for sure. But uh, but yeah, that was a funny that was a funny interaction. Like, wait, wait, is that? Is, yeah, you're just lined up to Steve Smith. And I <laughs> that's the way in the bathroom. I like, walked away. I was like, I was like beside myself. So anyway, there you go. That's a highlight. Charlotte Turkey Bowl. All right. Before we get to tap troll, man, we got so much to get to today. So much happened. It was such a wild weekend. Let me get to the MetaShare moment of the week. We're so thankful for our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. Check out MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. But how about this? Little FCS college football. Those are my roots. App State used to be in the FCS. But there was a big matchup. South Dakota. South Dakota State. Here we go. Listen to this. Camp under pressure. Let's it fly. Almost gets it to the end zone, deflected up in the air. Call touchdown, oh, South Dakota! My gosh. You have got to be kidding me. Jeremiah Webb! Oh, my gosh. Wow. Was it Webb? I can't even see who caught it. Jeremiah Webb! What a game that young man had, and I, I can't believe it. I mean, I got to just see it myself. I don't did you not see it yourself? Yeah, what a play. What a play. The the play-by-play guy was strong there. Uh, but but congrats to South Dakota. Uh, that's a big win. To, to win on a 57-yard Hail Mary, to win 23-20, that's your MetaShare moment Unreal. of the week. That, gosh, that, that, uh, that color commentator was beside himself. He didn't know what he saw. He couldn't even see it. I mean, two things here. One, so cool for the players. How cool for the play-by-play guy. His Strong. call is all over the country. I love it. And that, that's just not expected week in and week out. And two... Mid-coast sports. Mid-coast sports. That's right. And, and two, just an insane week in college football. Texas Tech wins on a 62-yarder. Bryce, the, the consistent dogger of all things field goal kicking, 62-yard uh, winner in the collegiate ranks. That's huge. Is that a record? What's the record in college? I don't know, but 35 yarders are no guarantee for him to make a, to even attempt a 62 yarder. Unbelievable. And of course, oh, we've talked about this before the storming of the field. Uh oh. So, yes, Metashare moment of the week, amazing Hail Mary. Somehow, I got to bring it back to storming the field. <clears throat> horrific, just a horrific outing of fans storming the field this weekend. Number 13, Baylor, host number eight, Oklahoma. They win. Storm the field. But how often do they beat Oklahoma? That's a, that's a, rare, that's a rare feat. But I so don't know. I, a conference win over a team ranked five spots below you. Yeah. But, oh, I, I, I but then, I in addition, Texas Tech, 62-yard field goal. Six and, uh, a five and four team or a six and four team beating a six and four team, both unranked, storm the field. Like at this point, Storming the field is officially the most watered-down thing in all of college sports. It has lost It has lost all of its meaning. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I think part of it, people have been locked in their houses for the last year and a half, so th- any chance to run and be with other people, I guess people are taking full advantage of that. So oh, that, may, that may be part of the, the issue here. But fair. as I said weeks ago, and I stand by this, it, for, for kids in college that get that one opportunity to rush the field, if you do it all the time, it's not, you can't do that. But if you get that one big game, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. I'm okay with it. But when I'm 
my dad and I were talking about it. Sometimes you can storm the, the, the field in your heart at home. You're watching the game and you feel yourself storming the, 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 the field. But then even when you're watching games at home, you know to yourself, you're like, no, this isn't storm worthy. So you do oh. have to have a good feel for it. But sometimes when you're at the game, you get caught up in it. And all of a sudden, half the crowd goes and you're like, well, I don't want to miss it. I got to go be a part of it. What are you going to go go home and, and miss out on it? You can't do that. Ugh, I know. So I get just, it. But, but I understand your criticism. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, it just I'm goes against everything in me of it, it's not now storming the field is no longer reserved for miraculous outcomes. It's we won. We want to be, right? be on the field. Yeah, it's no, just. It's not, Ugh. Gary Gary just says, "I wonder how many phones are out when kids are storming the field." <laughs> Everyone's is, running like this, yeah, holding their phone the up. <laughs> Look at me! Look at me! I'm going! I'm storming the field. But if okay, my last point: if I'm a player, are you disrespected? If I'm a Baylor player, we just beat OU. We're number thirteen in the country. We still have a shot at a Big Twelve title, and our stadium is storming the field. Are you disrespected as a player? Mm. The, the players 100% expect to win. They expected to go out and compete yeah. and win that game. I don't know. The optics are just excruciating to me for me to watch. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Luke the downer. Luke the downer hey, today. If you can, if you, we have our things. You hate field goal kickers in general. I'm starting to hate overdone storming the field. And I, I, this is becoming a hill I will die on. I will die Luke, on this hill. Have you hit 25? Are you 25 yet? Oh, 24. Come on. You're 24. Now. Yes. You're not even 25. You're already, you're, you're turning, you're turning on your college days already. <laughs> wow. That's quick. That's I just have perspective. Turnaround. I'm a married man. I've got perspective now. You're a quarter zip guy. I'm you're a quarter, quarter zip, zip guy. guy. Quarter <laughs> zips come with perspective. That's it. That's right. So your <laughs> MediShare moment of the week, South Dakota beating rivals, South Dakota state, 57 yard hail Mary. Let's go. Gotta love it. We'll wrap up the show right now. Let's bring on Henry. Some of our random topics. From the week, some of the things we didn't get to on the show. Henry asks the questions. We'll respond. Henry, take tap, drill away. Take it away. Take it away. Take it away. Don't take it away. Give it. Give us. Give tap it to drill. us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm gonna go ahead and in a uh, tap into quote unquote my inner Tony Reale and and uh, Tony Reale, I should say, or Stat Boy as they like to call him, and clean up some. Uh, unfinished business here uh you mentioned the charges and the pats the charges are actually holding on to the last playoff spot in the afc and the pats are actually currently sixth in the nfc the saints are actually holding down the sixth spot uh in the playoffs your turkey day lineup goes like this it's chicago detroit dallas las vegas buffalo at new orleans and the last repeat winner in the NFC East, you got to go all the way back to 2004, where the Eagles won it three straight times. Wow. I was having a conversation this weekend that Donovan McNabb should be in the Hall of Fame. How about Uh-oh. that? I hadn't Uh-oh. thought about it, so I, I don't have a full take on it yet. But those are the three years when yeah. Donovan oh, yeah. McNabb was there. So yeah, big numbers, big success. People forget about it. He kind of. His career toward the end, he went to Washington. It was bad, but and anyway. then where careers go to die. And the longest uh, NCAA uh, field goal on record was sixty-seven yards. No, what? really, that's longer than the NFL's record. No, I think the NFL record's close to closer to like seventy or something. No, 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 no. It was no. sixty-four. Sixty-four. I thought. I think it's sixty-five now. Okay, let's, let's confirm that. But I think it's sixty. <laughs> it's not seventy. 
It was no, seventy. No, no, it's not. It's it's not seventy, but you, it's if, definitely. If you're saying, I know sixty-seven is not the NFL. There's no, no one said sixty-seven in the no, NFL. The, so the, the NFL. Long. The NFL hasn't reached sixty-seven. I think um, the longest one was sixty-six. That was by Justin Tucker. That's right. Oh, there you sixty-six go. Yeah, yeah, this year. Season. Yeah, that was the season. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was this. That was this season. He had a against Detroit. Against Detroit. He had a sixty-six <laughs> yard field goal to, to beat Detroit. That's right. Oh. All right, boys. Let's go. Let's have some fun here. Um, number one, you guys got three hundred dollars that you can spare because if you do, you too can own the Green Bay Packers. And every so often, the NFL allows the Green Bay Packers to sell, quote unquote ownership of their team because of course the team does not have an actual owner but the but the the catch of it is it's not really worth anything but you get to say that you're one of you're one of the few people that actually own the Green Bay Packers so what would you would what team would you guys would like to own well I, I think that it's just a fascinating idea that that this small market team is owned by the people and, and that they ha- they've had the success and the tradition that they've had. It's one of the great stories in sports and just the 100%. great setups in sports. But what I found interesting about this is that they, they don't always offer the, the, this $300 opportunity to own part of the team. Um, it comes up every once in a while. And so you got to really take advantage of it. Um, so this is the first time in what, 10 years and it's absolutely, if I'm a Packers fan, it's worth $300 to be able to put that up on your wall and to say oh, that you're an owner. No doubt. No that's a, doubt that's an awesome thing. So I, of course, um, would I want to own? I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, the, the Panthers and the Hornets are my professional teams. But um, I think the uniqueness of Green Bay, th- this, is, this is the cool thing. So I'd almost, I'm, I'm almost open to owning part of the Packers. It's kinda, I want to put it on the wall. I like it. So I'm, I'm, I got to look into it. I don't yeah, have the no, if if one of the da- local Dallas teams could do this, it's just a no brainer. Putting it, I'm putting it on on the shelf here. Part owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I, I'm yeah. just not sure what sounds better than that. Technically, Panthers fans are owners because they own the PSL. They own the personal seat license, so they own the they own the opportunity to pay for season tickets, which that's just an outrageous uh, math equation. Uh, benefits the organization a lot more, but uh, but that's a, that's a little bit of a taste of it. But I love the way Green Bay does it. So anyway, what, what's next, Henry? All right, boys. You mentioned college basketball, so we got Duke looking like Duke, of course, with Mike Krzyzewski's last year as Duke coach. You got Gonzaga doing Gonzaga things. So what is your initial takeaways of the early college basketball season? So first, Drew Timmy. In Gonzaga, at Gonzaga, that that's a name to keep an eye out for this year. Because remember the great run that he had with Gonzaga, and he came back to school. I love when guys return, and so I'm going to root for the veterans. As much as I love Duke, I'm watching the game, going, "All right, let me figure out. Okay, who are the freshmen? Okay, all right, let me figure out. Wait, he was here. He was here last year. You know, it's. I love the the, the guys. I, I miss the old junior senior players in college that's it, there's just something special about it the turnover every year take, takes a little bit of the luster and, and it takes me a number of months to get into college basketball because you got to get familiar with players and get an understanding of how teams are gonna you know click together 
Um, so that's that's my big takeaway early. But Duke's going to be really good this year, so that's exciting. To open up the season in New York to beat Kentucky, that's a big deal. And then uh, Army coming during Veterans Day week, I guess it was Friday was cool. night maybe. That was cool. So uh, and I'm listening to the game, and Chris Spatola is – he was like a former coach with Duke, and he's the he was an Army player. But he's married to Coach K's daughter. It's just it's just a fascinating listen to, to listen to him talking about his father in law. I, I just I, I love it. Yeah. So that's cool. I, I will say I am all in on college basketball. I'm a big basketball junkie anyway. So I've been I've been watching all of these games. On Friday, ten thirty PM Central Time start, UCLA Villanova. Of course I'm watching that game. So my first thoughts, UCLA, legit. Final Four team last year, brought back their entire squad. Whole team's back. And Mick Cronin has, has seemed to survive the initial severe hatred about being the next guy at UCLA. They're legit. My Jayhawks look really good. Bill Self has finally sur- has built this team to have shooters. Oh, my goodness. He's typically a, a, a big man guy, but KU's good. KU's legit. Um, and then, yeah, Drew Timmy, from he's from Dallas, so I love rooting for oh, him. Oh, so you're a fan. Yeah, so he he actually dominated my high school. I wasn't even close. It was just silly silliness how good he is. Um, yeah, he – Well, unassuming. It's a, very unassuming. unassuming, yeah. And he went out, cool. had like 35, 36 points against number five Texas on Saturday night. Um, so – I would say UCLA and Gonzaga, definitely rightfully the number one and two teams in the country. Uh, look out for Texas, though. Look out for Texas is what I will say now. Beard. Beard leaving Texas Tech, man. Chris Beard will he totally backstab Texas Tech. But I don't like went, that. Went to his, alma, like went to his alma mater. Went to his alma mater. Uh, and they brought in like five of the best transfers <laughs> available this offseason. So look out for UT. Well, we got Luke, who's all in on everything on the sports menu. And we got Bryce, who's looking at the menu. He's still got his eye on football, but he's still got his eye on the buffet over there. He's he's strategizing <laughs> his move throughout the sports menu. So that so it's looking pretty good for you guys. Here's the last one for you. Now, we did you see Teddy Bridgewater and what he tried to do? This is my favorite blooper in sports when there's a turnover and the quarterback tries quote unquote to make a tackle now if you've ever heard mike greenberg and his theory on quarterbacks on a turnover he believes that there should be a helicopter that comes down like a mario kart and picks up the quarterback and takes him to safety so my question (laughs) to you boys is what does the quarterback do on a turnover so I think when a quarterback actually makes a tackle and doesn't get hurt, it's a big boost to the team. Like everybody gets fired up, but it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. You absolutely run to the sideline, get out of the way. And you, you've got to avoid the blind side hit that, you know, the, the defense is looking for a chance to, to pop you if, if, you know, they're trying to block you. Uh, so you got to avoid that, but yeah, I I'm, I'm fine when quarterbacks don't go for it. It's also silly when the punter or kicker goes for it as well. Like I understand they're the last line of defense, but 
you're it's not worth it's not worth your kicker getting injured. They're not equipped to make the tackle. Very few of them. Every once in a while, a punter makes a big tackle. And again, it's exciting. It's fun. It gets everybody fired up. It's not worth it. These guys are they're oh. not they're not out there to tackle. I, here's an interesting take that I was thinking about earlier, and I think I believe this. <laughs> Pick sixes are actually better for the offense because if you if you throw a pick six and that means you're back out on the field so you can quickly move up, move on from the turnover whereas if you throw an interception and then your defense has to quickly come back on the field then they're frustrated with you now i know you're giving up points and so it's not great from a scoreboard standpoint but i think from like a rhythm of the game it depends on when that pick six is especially earlier in the game if I'm a quarterback, I just want to get back out there. I don't want to have to sit on the bench and think about, ah, I just threw that interception. I just threw that interception. All right, they scored. Okay, I blew it. Now I'm going to get back out there, and we're going to march our, our team back on, and let's, let's, get the, let's get the momentum back. Is that a bad take? I think that take is great strictly from a video game standpoint if you play Madden. If I throw <laughs> an interception, I want him to take it to the house because then I get to play offense again. No True. one wants to play defense in Madden. That's a good point. That's you you a good play point. video. You just want to play offense. Oh, yeah. and there's nothing better than you do the coin flip at the beginning of a Madden game, and you click receive. I'm getting the yeah. ball. I'm trying to play offense. I'm not trying to waste my time playing defense in a video game. So yeah, I love your I take did. from a video game <laughs> standpoint. It would have to be a high scoring game. If it's a low scoring game and every point count, you know, then it's then it's hard. You don't want to give up any points, obviously. But in the NFL these days, some of these games, they, there's so much, you have so many opportunities to score. I just want to get the ball back. Let's go. Yeah, I so. agree, though, with quarterbacks. And I, yeah, the kickers, uh, field goal kickers, punters, extremely high risk, extremely low reward. Yeah. So get out of the way. It, it's just, it's just not worth it. And especially if you're, if you're going like Teddy Bridgewater, maybe at least look like you're giving, uh, give a fake effort satisfy the optics of I care about the team. But if you're a guy like Tom Brady, you have earned the right to give no effort whatsoever. You, you got you to gotta know kind of who you are. Teddy Bridgewater, a eh, little, more, little more effort to satisfy our optics here. Yeah. So I don't know. Even though I will say if I was a quarterback, I'd be so mad about an interception that I'd want to go – so that's, so that's what Carson Palmer said. <laughs> oh, did yeah, he? That, that's what Carson Palmer said. He said, yeah. I, I felt so guilty about yeah. throwing an interception. That, that's what I want. I wanted to go make a tackle to make, up, to make it up to my teammates, which is – I totally get that perspective. But is it wise? No. It's not – making one tackle is not worth risking a five-game injury for your quarterback. It, it no. never is worth it unless that's it's the last minute of a game, maybe. There you go. All, All right, right boys. That's Tap Drill, where we always give maximum effort, and we still believe kickers aren't people. Oh, hey, now. Hey, now. They're, they're people. Speak they're for people. yourself. I believe they're people. Bryce yeah. has dehumanized kickers. No, 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 no. That's not misquote. No misquoting here. I get, yeah. I love kickers. We've had them on our show. They, they're great. Yes, great people. But when they miss at the end of games, they're the worst. That's yes. it. That's the problem. <laughs> you gotta hit. You gotta hit those game winners. You gotta yeah. hit them. Actually, I wrote about uh, Randy Bullock uh, from the Titans. I wrote the devotional. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, uh, I, I sent him that on uh, Twitter, and he got back to me. So, so that was nice. Uh, last thing, Larry David was on the Rich Eisen show, 
and said that if he was <laughs> if he was commissioner, he's removing kickers and punters from the game. They're, yeah. He's removing the goalpost. He said, why would you let someone who is not really, in his words, not a football player, who does nothing else in the game, why would you let him decide an entire game? Which is an interesting perspective. It, it, there's some shock value there, but when you think about no, it. No. It's right on. It's in, like the kickoff. What are we doing? Why do we even kick the ball off anymore? If you just kick it to the end love zone. kickoff returns. They don't so happen it, anymore. It's interesting. We need to start rethinking some of these things. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very fair. No question. All right. Great job. Great show. Went a little long today, but uh, it was loaded. And I, I have I have way more Cam Newton takes as, as well. There's so much there, but I, I can't wait to watch him start at Washington. It's going to be exciting. Uh, no, at Charlotte against Washington, against Ron Rivera, his former team. Uh, you, I mean, you just can't. You, Hollywood can't write these scripts. You can't. It, it's remarkable. That's the takeaway. The, the storylines in the NFL, especially, they're just so great. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited about bringing Cam back. It just it, it creates all this. I was reading an article. He just brings the soul back to the Panthers. They, they just they lost their identity. They, there was no real excitement like Sam Darnold. You know, it was OK. And I stand by this, too. It was right to release Cam Newton. It was the right move to sign and tra- or trade for Sam Darnold. And it was the right move to move on from Sam and the right move to, to bring in Cam. Like, all those things can still be right. We don't have to have revisionist history and, oh, the Panthers never should have released Cam. No, I think it was great. I think he's been humbled by being, being released, and, and he learned a lot, I imagine, going up to New England and playing for Belichick. And Belichick, all he said are positive things about Cam. So yep. I think that, that whole experience was great. And then I also say this, listening to him in the postgame interview, Cam, he sounded better, just a little bit more humble, the right perspective. He's um, obviously, yeah, he's excited to be there. Yeah, yeah which is awesome. Which I think he always was. Yeah. He brought he brought a, an energy to that locker room. Oftentimes it just became all about him, and I hope that he's been humbled to where, hey, it's about the team, it's about winning, let's keep that as the focus. But let's not forget the Panthers went 15-1 and to the Super Bowl uh, with him. He was the MVP. Now, that was many years ago, a lot of injuries, since then, he's older, so we can't have those same expectations, but it's better than Sam Darnold. So let's, <laughs> let's go. And the last thing, we, earlier, the P.J. Walker combo might be an option too. We got to shout out Kaz's comment uh, <laughs> saying, would, it's almost a would you rather. Would you rather have uh, still have a, an opportunity to tie in overtime or you go to overtime and it's just a field goal kicking contest to decide the winner? <laughs> Like that's that. o- that's almost like going to PKs in soccer after <laughs> after all the regular at the all the regular oh. time. But the only thing about soccer, there that's actually what they do all game, and it's the Whereas players football, that play all game. Yeah, we're, we're, those are the stars of the game. Right. Whereas in football, that's not that's not the case. So that's the that's the one. In summary, there. we love kickers. They're great people, and. We just want them to succeed all the time. time. No more ties. No more ties. Oh, no, no more ties. Yeah. You gotta, I will, you I will definitely die on that hill. That is a hill I will die on 100%. No ties in overtime. Horrendous. There you go. Yeah. So the encouragement, if you missed the show earlier uh, during Unpack This, we talked about kind of in life when we're, we're stuck in neutral. It's almost like we're just we're ending the day as a tie. We're just, we're just glad we survived the day. But what if we really lived for Christ and understood 
the, the power available to us in Christ to really thrive each day and to take advantage of all the opportunities he gives us, the power that's available to us, the peace, the joy, all that, that we have in him as we allow his spirit to work through us and we rely on him for strength and energy and enthusiasm and uh, we can thrive instead of just just survive. So that's that's the encouragement. We'll leave it there for Luke and Henry. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next Monday at 2 p.m. Right before the uh, Thanksgiving break, we will be on Monday. We'll have some fun and really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare, metashare.com slash unpacking it. Thanks so much for their support. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.